You're listening to the Blair List Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Blair List Podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I am with Raina Noriega, an author, educator, and visual artist. She's extremely talented and has experience in so many different fields, and I'm excited to showcase all of her talents to you guys. Thank you for the intro, Blair. (laughs) Okay, so on this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. Where are you from and what did you want to be when you grew up? I am from Miami, Florida, born and raised here. When I was younger, I pretty much always wanted to be an artist, um, with the exception of like wanting to be a marine biologist and all types of unrealistic things. Where do you think that that came from, always knowing that you wanted to be an artist? My parents were both creatives. My mom was a model and a makeup artist, as well as a teacher. My dad played professional baseball, but he um, started off with art, graphic design, and he would dabble between the two of them. So you're also an educator. Talk to me a little bit how you got into that field and what inspired you to work with young adults. (laughs) Totally by accident, but pretty much exactly what I needed. Um, It came after I had traveled to Europe, came back broke, and I was subbing at the same school at the time, and they called me and asked me, knowing that I was interested in art, asking me if I could fill in for the art teacher who had quit like days before school was set to reopen. Um, And it was meant to be temporary, and it turned out to take up four years of my life. What do you think you learned the most from teaching because I know that you taught high school, which is a completely different experience. I'm sure you had to deal with a lot of emotions and a lot of changes within their own lives. So Mm -hmm. what do you think were some big takeaways that you took from teaching? From the kids in general, I kind of had the chance to, to realize that when we're young and a lot of the things that we think are the end of the world are not the end of the world. You know, just being a little bit not too much older than them, but old enough to know that all of the drama and all of the heartbreak and everything they thought was like the end was just not the end. Um, And it reminded me to like take that into consideration in my own life for where I was. But in terms of my art, it really gave me the confidence to just share my work and not really worry about what everyone else was doing. It came, it started to come from more, a more pure place, I would say. So as an artist, I'm sure you deal with be getting into creative ruts and not feeling inspired what do you do in situations like that are there any specific things that you turn to to sort of get that inspiration back absolutely it's part of the reason why i never give up on any of my hobbies or my creative pursuits Um, i always dabble between photography creative writing and drawing but not just like digital drawing sometimes i have to take a break from digital and go back to painting and sometimes i just want to use my sketchbook so by like exercising all of those muscles anytime i'm stuck on one i can just kind of refresh and and go a different route for the time being totally and i think it's so amazing that you're also a published author talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to write your own book and how that process was for you yeah so my I feel like my purpose and something that I'm passionate about has always been to help people just live happier lives wherever they are with whatever they have in that moment. 
when people ask me questions, I kind of internalize it and I always think like, how could I better explain this? Or how could I make this information that people seem to think I have like consumable by multitudes of people? So as I started to just watch how my path was unfolding um, and how a lot of the lessons that I saw myself taking and like learning from a lot of other people I would notice would kind of take it for granted and just kind of like make the same mistakes or, or stay stuck on the same cycles. And I felt like if I could portray that progression within myself and that growth and that evolution and kind of just like show the experiences and what I took from them, it could serve as like a blueprint for other people to kind of see like, oh, wow, I've gone through a friendship heartbreak like this and this is what you know it taught me and just like changing perspectives to one that would allow them to live like happier freer more joy-filled lives that's awesome I love that how does one go about publishing their own book if they don't really work in that realm and don't know what to do I went the easiest way that I could, which was using the Amazon publishing tool. Um, oh, Kindle, what's that? KindleDirectPublishing.com. You just upload your manuscript and your cover, and they can distribute it through Amazon, or they can send you copies to print on your own. That's amazing. Does it cost money to do that? It's upfront. It's completely free. You pay for whatever copies you order, but compared to a lot of the other printing companies and things that I found online, that was the only one that is free for you to get started do you pay amazon a percentage of the sales that you make they do they pay you monthly royalties mm. so from the copies they sell online i get a percentage of that in one um direct deposit at the end of the month you're you're publishing your mm-hmm. book right and amazon is distributing it for you mm-hmm. if it's not a digital copy and it's a physical copy do they just immediately send it out to other people oh yeah yeah, yeah. so it goes directly onto their platform um and when people order physical copies from amazon they're just if you have prime you're gonna get it prime if you want it regular you're gonna get it regular that's amazing so they ship everything out mm-hmm. and you don't have to do anything except no. upload it yeah that's incredible going into your art which I absolutely love. And I just was telling you before that I'm so impressed with your consistency because back in the day, you always knew your style. You always knew what you wanted. You always knew what you wanted your feed to look like and everything just looks like one visual story. Talk to me a little bit about developing your own signature style as an artist and what it's like to stick with it maybe when you're not getting the results that you want. Mm -hmm. It's funny that that would be your perception because I feel like I struggled with having a style so much Um, because in the beginning when I was sharing my work, I was so consumed by what I thought people wanted to see and what would get their attention and and what holidays I should draw and what (laughs) celebrities, you know, would get the most likes and things like that. So it took me a lot of time to kind of stick to what was true for me and, and that took like my own journey of finding myself and and figuring out what was important to me so it just came to a point where one day I I decided I started with a color palette I was like okay so these are the colors I'm gonna try to stick to and it was only supposed to be for like a month you know just kind of like a challenge like let me try to only draw using these colors for the next month Um, and as I started to use those colors it took away a lot of the stress of like just when there's so many options, you know, like sometimes you're paralyzed with all the options. 
So as I started just creating works in that color palette, like little by little, other things started to get refined. I started to realize like what I didn't want to draw about and what I did want to draw about. And it just like before my eyes just started to come together. What is the inspiration behind not detailing faces in your art? Being that the art is meant to provide representation for women of color that oftentimes, you know, in museums and in media, there's just not enough of it. I felt like by having no faces, it gives you the opportunity to project your own story into it rather than, you know, like the eyes are the gateways to the soul. You're, you're trying to like know what is, who is she drawing? Instead, you'll be able to see yourself. I love that so much. Talk to me about what you did in response to the Black Lives Matter movement because I thought it was so important and I really want to shed light on that. Yeah, so for the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that kind of like had been building and exploded during quarantine, I tried really hard to stick true to what I feel my purpose in the art world is. And I have always tried to provide a visualization of what comes beyond liberation like once we've fought these inequalities and we have the respect and you know the safety and everything that we deserve like what does that reality look like of just like black men and women being able to exist in their skin and have it be celebrated and all of those things there were times where i had to create something that would provide me space to have the dialogue I wanted to have with my followers and my audience. Um, So I have a couple pieces like that where I kind of like just gave myself the room to express the despair and the uncertainty I was feeling. But for the most part, I wanted to still, and and, you know, like the darkest time when we're all feeling so unsure of what comes next, I wanted to continue to provide that the color and the vibrancy and the joy that people could like look forward to. What are some challenges that you face as an Afro-Latina artist? I typically don't think of it that way. I don't know. It's always been hard for me to say because I focus so much on just like who appreciates my work. And I think coming from Miami and being Afro-Latina, it gives me an advantage, you know, like as a black woman with Cuban roots and, you know, with even Caribbean, even my Bahamian roots, it kind of gives me privilege over people who are african-american don't have another heritage to really cling to and and also like it allows me to identify with a lot of different groups and get a lot of different opportunities so i think if anything it has been an advantage for me rather than a setback absolutely it's all about perspective one thing that i read that i loved what you said was that when you were growing up because your parents were able to provide a stable home for you which a lot of people especially in the art world don't get you are allowed to dream Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about how you're focusing on what you want and dreaming about what you want how that helped you as an artist when it comes to creativity and you know finding new things to to create absolutely I think you have to be crazy enough to dream and to believe that it's possible so that you can then put in the work to do so and like I was saying before I kind of watch patterns in other people and like what keeps them from being happy and and you see how someone might come to you and say well I have a dream one day I want to own a boutique but in that same breath they're telling you I can't because I don't have the money to buy the clothing I don't have 
money for a domain. I don't know how to start a website. I don't, and they start telling you all the things they can't do. Um, and I think for me, I've always like had the ability to like visualize what I want and take it in bites and, and in action steps. And even if I've written something on my dream or my to-do list like five years ago, I'm gonna continue rewriting it until like it comes into fruition. And so, yeah, I think it comes from just having that stable that stable background that allowed me to dream like rather than fighting for survival, which is why I then try to give back and help other people find joy that didn't have that. Love that. As an artist, you know, it can be really difficult sometimes to make a name for yourself and get brand partnerships. You've worked with the New York Times, with Appleton, and you use your specific art to create other art for them and their platforms. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like to secure those brand partnerships and what you have gone through, negative or positive, to get that. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of my journey, that's all I worried about. Like, when will that happen? How does that happen? Uh, that's what I was, you know, you would see it happen for other people and you're like, wow, I wonder how they found them and how that came to be. But over time, when I kind of zeroed in on just like working towards my purpose and creating art that I wanted to see and things that I was passionate about, it's like that energy kind of like drew them in. And it's as one person comes and they shine the light on you, then it makes room for more people to continue to see your work and to amplify your work. So I'm glad that it unfolded organically, even though I stressed it at the beginning because it's there's a lot there's a lot of opportunity everywhere and you just have to continue putting yourself in positions to receive it consistency is key you've been doing it for years even when you were working full-time as a teacher you were consistent with your style and posting constantly and i think that that's so important i want to go into a little bit about when you took that leap of faith from working full-time to being essentially your own business as an artist yeah so at first i didn't see it as a leap of faith i think i had been thinking about it for a long, I mean, it had been a dream for a long time. Um, and once again, I take the lessons in my life very, like, it just, it, it clicks for me, I think, pretty quickly. So it got to a point teaching where I was just getting super uncomfortable. They were cutting a lot of my, like, field trips and my club activities and things that made my students more passionate about coming to school. And it kind of started to drain me because the kids were not having as much fun. They were not as engaged. So that puts pressure on me and that makes me not want to come to work and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And from there, I had um, an issue with like the way that my certificate was processed. And technically in like the teaching world, you're supposed to go from your temporary certificate to your professional within three years. And because I had started as a part-time teacher, they were supposed to kind of like give me that extra year that I was being paid as a substitute. And so when I went to apply for a free program to move to the professionals, they said that I couldn't because I was already in my last year of my temporary. And I was like, that makes no sense, yada, yada, yada. But rather than fighting with them, I was like, this is a sign because my choice right now is to invest three to $5,000 into teacher courses to move on to the professionals or to start thinking about what it was that I planned to do before I had you know just kind of like fallen into this position and so I kind of 
kept thinking about that like that for I think I found out in like March of that school year so from March to June every day I was like should I leave or should I continue should I leave should I continue I love my students didn't want to disappoint them but it just came down to me just believing in my intuition that I could do more for them and I could do more to inspire them if I continue to like go out in the world and create and finish creating my story and chasing after my dreams I love that I think it's so important that you always put yourself first and especially in situations like that where it's difficult and you have that sort of like internal tug of war it's going from stability to taking that leap of believing in yourself and in your case especially it worked out and that just is a testament to you and to your art because it means that this is what you're supposed to be doing going back to having your own business what do you think is the hardest and the easiest part of being a one-woman show (laughs) the hardest part is being a one-woman show (laughs) Um, right now I can say that I am struggling well I just hired an assistant but I'm struggling with like keeping up with everything keeping up with emails keeping up with calendars and there's like dms I've completely given up on I don't check that because I just you know it's like you can't like there's no way to get all the work done that you need to get in a day and then be pulled in all these directions like text messages go unanswered you know it's like work and then phone calls and zoom calls is just like it can be a lot communication wise and as someone who I do recharge by just like being my by myself and being in silence I can say that like during all this quarantine the time that people have for meetings has like grown exponentially so I feel like I'm constantly on a call and I'm constantly like having my energy drained and just like not enough time to replenish it so that would be the hardest part still wouldn't trade it for anything (laughs) um but it does make me feel super powerful to be able to see an idea come to life and to like build something of it and to just kind of like do things I never thought I would do or I thought I would do this soon you know like have my mom take over my shop and be able to like pay her during a pandemic where she can't teach you know so it's kind of like little things like that that it's like wow I didn't even I wasn't even thinking I wasn't pushing for this so soon it just kind of like timing happened everything happens exactly the way that it's supposed to I I strongly believe in that even well especially when it gets really tough you have to constantly remind yourself like this is all for a greater purpose and this is all happening because this is the journey that I'm supposed to go on what would you say is something that you have taken with you during those times like is there a specific quote or is there maybe a book that you read when you need that inspiration to really like get that motivation to to get back into it (laughs) Um, I take, I kind of like keep track of a lot of quotes and like mantras and things that if I read it and I'm like, wow, like I might need this on a rainy day, I'll keep it. And I use my reminders a lot, kind of like it keeps me on track during the day. So every hour from like 6am when I wake up until like three in the afternoon where typically I get burnt out from work, um, it'll like pop up with a reminder and just something simple that I need to remember, you know, like it's be patient, it's all happening, or just there's the smallest things like um, you're ready, believe in yourself, whatever the case may be. Um, it's important sometimes to like look at it until you believe it because your mind will like trick you into negative thoughts quickly if you don't monitor that. 
you have a large presence on social media and I can imagine that it takes a lot of time out of your day to engage with your audience and the community that you've built. I want to talk a little bit about social media and mental health. I'm sure you're on it all the time. So how do you sort of balance out knowing when it's time to get off because you feel like you're being negatively impacted? Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I, I mean, I credit that to my success that I've always known how to use Instagram. I think like from a few years back, I noticed that it's very easy to end up in a rabbit hole on social media. You know, you're following the wrong pages and, you know, you think it's just entertaining and the drama's entertaining. Next thing you know, you're looking at the people they tagged and like the comments and you're, you've gone down a rabbit hole and now you know who this rapper's baby mama's cousin is. Who was, <laughs> you know, and it's just like you did, you spent 30, 40, 50 minutes doing that. You didn't need to and like it took you farther away from your goals. Whereas when I started unfollowing pages that made me feel that way and I followed more of my friends or women, people who were doing things that inspired me, it's kind of like it kept me on track. It's like I would open a story and it's like, oh, wow, she just made a billboard for this. I need to get off of Instagram and do some work, you know, and it's like important to see things like that and keep your momentum going. So now that the presence has grown even more, I mean, I don't. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I typically open, um, if there's like a comment, like if you're like the comment on the top, I'll see it and answer it and then I'll get right back off. Like in my DMs, I'll look at the top three and maybe answer it and then get off because otherwise it's like, you. it's kind of like texting. <laughs> you answer and then they respond and then it's like, you gotta answer again. <laughs> and it never ends, never ends. So I take it that you're an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think that it's super important to always take back your feed on Instagram and really focusing on the information that you're consuming because if you are following these pages that you think are just entertainment it's actually negatively hurting you subconsciously Mm -hmm. and it's hurting your energy and you start thinking about things like oh well maybe I'm not good enough to be featured here or anything like that so I think that it's super important to only follow the people that inspire you to make sure that the information that you're consuming on a daily basis is as positive as possible. Mm -hmm. How do you think social media has helped your career as an artist? I I couldn't even begin to say, you know, it's just kind of like the community, it helps you build the eyes that it brings to the table, the accessibility of communicating with people that before time it's like would be impossible to find you know um has helped a lot i mean it i couldn't even begin to, to imagine um and i always believe i don't think that social media is the only way and it ever will be because before there was instagram people were getting partnerships and people were doing editorial illustration and things like that so i know that there's always going to be a way it's just helped to kind of like open up the opportunity I think to more people and to more diverse groups of people. When you're working with a publication like the New York Times and maybe it's a graphic for an article that um, is different than what your paintings or your art normally is, how do you stay true to your brand while also creating art for other brands? I think that I try, first of all, I stick to like my colors um, 
and I try to still represent the group that I try to represent in my personal work. So like you mentioned, the New York Times, it was an article. And even though I don't typically draw men, <laughs> I, um, I wasn't sure of the demographic of the man, but I made sure to still draw a man that was African-American um, because I think it's nice and it's important to see and it helps kind of like diversify the, the feed and the look of things. And if that's what my purpose is, I need to like always be doing that. And I, it's not even like the publication. Sometimes I've had to fight just that consciousness within myself. That's like, they probably want me to draw this type of person. And then being like, no, 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 no. Like stay true to what it is that you draw. And if they want to push back and say, then that's going to be awkward for them to have to say like, oh, we were thinking of a white guy. And then it's like, oh, okay. Um. It's like, you clearly haven't seen my work. Yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, that's that's been interesting, um, and I haven't really had any issues with that, which is cool. How has growing up in Miami influenced your art? I usually attribute Miami, <laughs> as well as my culture, with just like my need for vibrancy and like color um, and like tropical settings and things like that. I think that's in me, just being Cuban, Bahamian, American, and being from Miami is important. I mean, you have the best and most colorful style. I wish you guys could see the earrings that she's wearing right now because they're amazing. Do you think that growing up here influenced your personal style as well and you sort of express yourself that way also? I'm not sure. I feel like I really got into a personal style as I went through the journey of, like like I said, getting deeper into me and figuring out who I was and then from there developing my art style. And as I started to draw these women that were like the best of me and like what I wanted to feel like on a day-to-day basis, I started to ask that question, like, why don't I? Why don't I wear fun earrings all the time? Why don't I wear cute dresses all the time? Um, And coming out of that shell of where like I just wanted to wear all black or like, you know, just plainer clothes to not draw attention to myself. And it's kind of like as that confidence builds, you can make decisions based on who you are and who you want to be and not just like your fears and your 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 lack of confidence or anything like that a hundred percent I think that personal style especially for artists it comes out in so many different ways and especially through your art it's so vibrant it's beautiful the colors that you use really evoke like a certain emotion what do you want people to feel when they look at your art joy um confidence vibrancy I want I wanted to remind them of their favorite vacation or where their mind goes when they want to daydream I love that how do you stay inspired when you know maybe you're not feeling that way maybe you're not feeling so carefree and vibrant how do you channel that within your art I feel like that's when it's the easiest because that's when I'm remembering like where I want to be versus where I am, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of times it comes out in, in like a different um, apartment space or like different architecture or like a country I want to visit and stuff like that because then I can kind of like, it feels like manifesting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there any specific music that you listen to when you're, when you're working? Yeah, I listen to very... Um, I never know how to describe it. I would say very chill, very vibey <laughs> music. Um, I like, you know, artists like 
I went they're all different but like Masego slender bodies I just got into and I'm I just I want everyone to listen to it because I'm like how has no one ever put me onto this what is that Alina Baraz um slender bodies they just I just love the music just listen to Queen um, <laughs> but it's something that like I feel when I'm working it's good like to focus too but then also like I'll cook dinner and then it's kind of like you know it has kind of like a funk to it but you'd have to listen to it and tell me what you mm. think um but yeah I definitely keep it like chill keep it light I love mm. Alina Baraz she is absolutely amazing. amazing I mean her voice is just ethereal like I listen to it and you feel like you're floating yes, because it's exactly. so the tone of her voice is just so special people that I interview that live in Miami I want to know what it, what your perfect day is if you only had one day left in Miami what would you do from morning to night I'm talking coffee breakfast lunch museums wherever you would go but you only have one day left one day okay so first of all <laughs> for breakfast I'm going to my favorite um all day and I'm having so good oh, and I love Camila so I would have the french toast that is my favorite. Um, what would I'm not Their sure. coffee is so good. And I tried, I recently tried the, I don't, it's called like, it has question marks on the menu because it's like made out of like dates and like all Ooh. types of weird stuff, mm-hmm. but it's so delicious. Um, and it's a good coffee alternative because coffee puts me off the walls. So I need like some caffeine, but like not coffee. You should try matcha. I stopped drinking coffee and I started drinking matcha and it's like done wonders for me because coffee used to give me a lot of anxiety and Mm -hmm. make me feel like really Mm -hmm. just on edge. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need it to focus. But I actually stopped drinking it like about a year ago and I switched to matcha. And once I like detoxed from the coffee and I actually felt the matcha, it's like such a clean energy that keeps you focused for so many hours. Mm. I mean, that's what happened to me this morning when I texted you. I had coffee, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to meet my deadlines and make this interview. Um, And then I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to have coffee anymore. But that's besides the point. Um, I would have to go by the beach, and and I think what gets me more than anything is, like, the view coming, like, leaving Alton Road and going towards, like, Brickell. I just need to probably, like, drive over that, like, three times. Um, I would do that about three times. Lunch, I'm, I'm still stuck on lunch. Maybe I would have quesadillas from Koyo. Maybe. I feel like there might be something else that, that could do the trick. Dinner, probably definitely Lumiai, which is what I'm having tonight. Have you had it? <laughs> I haven't, but everybody tells me that it's the most what amazing. Are you waiting for? I know. I know. I'm slacking. Oh my gosh. We have to go. Yes. <laughs> and what about like dessert or any museums or places that you would go? I love ICA and the Pam. Um, hmm, dessert. I love dessert. Me too. There's dessert. I love ice cream. But I'm thinking of a cheesecake. Where would I get cheesecake? Cheesecake Factory. I do love Cheesecake Factory. I just feel like they have them everywhere. Are they? Is it everywhere? Or is I think that Miami so. franchise. No, it's for sure all over the country. Yeah. So but their cheesecakes do not disappoint. They do not. They do not. Yeah, I love cheesecake. But I'm thinking, what's more What's more stereotypical Miami? Cheesecake? Or you mean or dessert? dessert. 
Maybe some pastelitos. Ooh, yeah. Kiki Bakery. Ooh, can't go wrong with that. Or one a uh, Pinecrest Bakery, which is like a 24-hour one right over there. You know what I'm talking about on Alton? <laughs> yes. Oh my God, it's dangerous. I want to talk about time management because all of my artist friends love you guys to death, but you always struggle with time management. It's something that we joke about all the time because it's it's... As an artist, you're creative. That's why a lot of artists have managers because they need to have that freedom and that space to just create. How do you manage your time as an artist when you're trying to meet these deadlines and you know doing all of these things like taking calls and more the business side of things and keeping that in check with your creative side? Mm-hmm. I have been working on my time management my whole life so (laughs) it's not terrible I mean I learned the lesson I'm always like preaching to people about not procrastinating I learned the lesson when I was in high school I was a serial procrastinator and I was in this crazy program where like our projects and our deadlines were worse they always told us that they were preparing us for college and then I went to college and never experienced anything half as bad as it like one class would want like a 12 page paper and the other class is like it was it was ridiculous but there was one time I had procrastinated on this essay that I knew was due and the night that I sat down and you know I was like whatever I can knock this out in four hours why am I going to start it early I went home and had a headache and it was like one of those headaches where like you cannot move like if you open your eyes like it feels like your head is going to explode you're going to have an aneurysm and so I couldn't do the essay and it's like I could not show up to school without that essay you know so it was like the stress of having the headache and like rolling around in bed and then still having to think about the essay and then having to like wake up early in the morning and figure it out and go late to school it was just like all of that I was like that was so pointless like if I had just (laughs) planned and given myself enough time like this would not have been a problem so I ended up taking that lesson and as I got older I realized that like if you procrastinate on like when you're just freelancing right like some someone asks me to do a logo I'm like okay they're giving me a week to do the logo I can do it in one day I'll do it the day before it's due (laughs) and then imagine if when you get closer to that deadline another great project comes on and you can't take that project because you've procrastinated the first one mm-hmm. so i always kind of like had that mindset that i want to give myself enough flexibility to like do everything that serves me the best and so i try to stay on a schedule that way on a smaller scale time management wise i have practiced and got rid of everything that i consider like noise and distractions so my scheduling is pretty good you know like I wake up take care of my dog go for a walk and then go to work and then I'm focused on work I might like open Instagram to make sure nothing is like (laughs) the world's not ending you know but it's always super like okay like we're we're in work mode until we're not in work mode um I'm not gonna like binge Netflix while I'm supposed to be working on a deadline It's, it's just kind of like it's become a habit because I've made it a habit. Yeah, um, I still struggle with that. <laughs> I feel like everyone struggles with a sense of procrastination, especially when it comes to big projects because I feel like, especially for me, like I have anxiety and when I know that I get closer to the date, I'm always like, oh yeah, I'll leave it to the last minute and I end up regretting that decision so much every time. So I actually use this program called Trello. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it, but it's a free online program and it really helps me organize 
everything that I need to do in different boards. So Mm -hmm. I can like categorize it by project that I'm working on, by due date, and it seeing everything visually because I'm such a visual person, it has helped me so much. So maybe check that out if you need it. I'm an Asana girl, but you're what? Asana? Oh, Asana. Asana? Yeah. No, I've heard of it. I haven't used it though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm scared to like (laughs) try to learn something new at this point. But I've heard good things about Trello. Yeah, it's really good. What's Asana like? It's same thing. You can organize by boards and then it everything you're putting in the board has a date. So then that date transfers into like a calendar view, mm-hmm. um, which helps me. My issue is, though, where I do struggle is that when something works for me, I'm not consistent. So like mm-hmm. I'll like this. I started this week off Monday, Asana. I updated Asana. I added all the new projects. I added all the meetings. And then by like Tuesday, I didn't want to look at it, you know, and then it's like, so I dabble between like writing things on paper, writing things in my notes app, and then Asana, because obviously having a project management board is better because you can digitally, digitally see deadlines and have reminders, but sometimes it's much easier like walking around to just like pick up your phone and be like, to-do list, So I'm trying to figure out what the, the answer is for that, to just like, stay consistent and maximize that type of like effectiveness but does asana have an app it does have an app maybe just put it in the app because i feel like i do the same thing and then i always have to cross reference my notes my notebook trello my notes on my computer and i'm like what am i doing this isn't gonna help me so i try really hard to if the program has an app to like input it while I'm on it Mm -hmm. um hasn't worked yet but maybe it'll work for you (laughs) I don't know I hope so what's next for you you have two books out you're working on your own craft you're partnering with some incredible brands what what's next on the goal list for you (laughs) well next would be the next book um, with all of these lessons and things learned during quarantine, um, aside from that, I hope to kind of like trend. Um, right now, I need to figure out a lot of things now that, you know, my business has grown and like the inquiries have grown and stuff like that. I think it's time for me to make a decision of what lanes I want to be in, you know, whether it's like licensing work or taking on commission clients or just working with brand partnerships, like I think it's time for me to kind of like make that decision and distinction and stick to it. I'm just still having trouble with like disappointing people, you know, because they reach out so enthusiastic and I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell you I don't want to do that, but I'm kind of like getting to the point where monetarily and time-wise, like it's not making sense. So I, I need to figure that out. Um, and ultimately, like it was always my goal to make a living from my creations and from like what's coming out of my mind versus having any sort of direction or deadline from anyone so I do want to like get more back into my paintings and like you know curate my first solo show and those are things that I hope to do soon that's amazing is there anything else you want to mention no just just every I want everybody to follow their dreams and continue to dive in and learn everything they can about themselves so that they can see those things come true and like they can enjoy it the best way possible i love that okay so plug yourself tell people where they can find you <laughs> you can find me um, my instagram is at reina noriega underscore from there it'll lead you to my website 
which is reynanoriega.com, where you can find my shop, reynanoriega.com slash shop. And yeah. Do you have any merch? I do. I have prints. Um, I'm working on other things, but right now I have prints and canvases, earrings. I have throw pillows through unwrap, gift wrapping paper also through unwrap. So you need to come out with your own earrings line. <laughs> I know. Once you guys go on her page, you'll understand what I mean because she has the most fabulous earrings, whether they're like yellow poof balls or the ones that you're wearing now. Is that glass? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or her glass earrings. I know. They're just absolutely amazing. So I'm manifesting that for you that whoever's listening, find her an earring sponsorship and get some collabs going. (laughs) I want to do the nails. That's the other thing. I'm trying to figure out how every time I like design my own nails, or other people use my art for nails. People are like, make press-ons, make press-ons. Oh, and that's I'm so like, smart. Find me a manufacturer and <laughs> I'll do it. Well, you could collab with Impress. Is that what it's called? The ones that are like in Walgreens. They oh, have, okay. there's a really big brand. I think it's called Impress. But there's also like a more high-end uh, niche brand. I mm-hmm. forget the name of it, but I'll find mm-hmm. it for you. And they, the new rage now is not the press on nails but they're like almost stickers Mm -hmm. where you just like rub it onto the nail and then you take the excess off on Mm -hmm. on the end and I feel like the best way to before starting your own product line is to collaborate with a product that you really love and a brand that you believe in and then sort of use that and the results from that to take you to where you want to go if you want to work with a specific manufacturer you can let them know what you like what you don't like about that whole process so I love doing that yeah absolutely cool well thank you so much for joining I'm so happy I finally got you on the podcast make sure to check her out at Raina Noriega underscore on Instagram you will not be disappointed I hope you enjoyed listening. Follow me at The Blair List on Instagram and Twitter. Like the Facebook page, subscribe, all that good stuff. And keep it locked. New episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Bye.